0: This Saturday is Global Recycling Day, so on agenda this week, Minister for Waste Chris Thomas, MHK, and government waste guru Stephanie Gray tell us why we should all recycle whenever we can. Some popular myths about recycling are exploded and suggestions are given on how we can all do more to recycle valuable resources. Who ultimately is responsible for uh, waste and, I suppose, how does waste fit in with recycling?
1: Well, the Department of Infrastructure is the um, is the policy lead. Uh, aspects of regulation will certainly be with the Department of Environment, Food and Agriculture, and then there are third parties that have a huge role. and Amongst those, I include all of the local authorities that collect waste, but some private people out there. and, and, and By far, the largest participant would be the Energy for Waste plant up on up on Richmond Hill. So, it's multifaceted. That's part of the issue. Uh, I've seen two waste strategies the 2012 and the 2018 one but what i had the privilege to do is in uh, july 2022 we put down a report on where we were with the 2018 waste strategy and i'm very excited to be supporting um, stephanie and others to begin to think about making sure we do this on an evidence-based way rationally optimally given fact that we need Isle of Man solutions for our own Isle of Man problems and it might not necessarily be the same as those if, if we we're in Liverpool or in Cumbria.
0: And uh, Stephanie I mean your minister does tend to bang on about evidence-based decision making um, as, uh, as if this is some novel thing and perhaps it is across government. Uh, have, what have we been doing wrong then in, in terms of recycling? Have, have we not followed the evidence?
2: Uh, we've been doing nothing wrong. Um the science of recycling has been co- become a far more sophisticated over the years. Um, recycling per se, you know, the three R's, the Wombles were around in the 1970s. Um, it made sense to recycle your glass bottles, to collect your papers for recycling. So people understood that when you dug a rock out of the ground or you grew a tree, that there was a, um, a chemical impact, there was an energy impact into actually converting that into a bottle or a can. And then once you had that, the sensible thing to do was to recycle it. What we didn't have a lot of was the evidence behind why that was a good thing to do. Um, Sustainability has been top of the agenda um, as long as I've been in the job. And an understanding of what that actually means in terms of waste management is now coming to the fore with the emergence, obviously, of climate change targets and climate change and greenhouse gas emissions. So, we had three things which really, I think, drive recycling. We had the legislative aspect in the UK, which came from Europe originally with targets, statutory targets. That was based on a driver to um, avoid um biological waste going to landfill so Europe is eventually driving you know stopping landfill which we don't have over here anymore um, the other driver sustainability you know once you take rocks out of the ground they have taken millions of years to make we bought some samples along today you cannot replace those if you don't keep them in a recycling loop that's a closed loop recycling um, and the other driver is the climate change the greenhouse gas emissions because every time you dig something out transport it process it it uses energy a lot of the energy if not most now is fossil fuel based and so there is a third driver towards recycling so how does all that match what we do on the isle of man we have been targeting materials through the bring bank scheme since the year 2000 paper card gray card glass and cans um, aluminium and steel and um, things that uh, apart from the paper that don't burn sensible because obviously we have infrastructure which is energy from waste don't put things in that don't burn and the the ones to make the decisions about i guess already the likes of plastics and paper uh It might be counterintuitive, but they're looking at the carbon emission side and there's a lot of emerging evidence now done in the UK to support their work on on climate change and greenhouse gas emissions. Uh, It might actually be better to um, recover energy from that short cycle carbon at the moment because that's offsetting what is essentially a fossil fuel based electricity production on the Isle of Man um, rather than go to the expense of actually recycling it. Um, have we got the actual evidence for that based on the Isle of Man scenario? No, we haven't, because we don't know what's in the bin. We haven't done the math <laughs> to see, you know, how, how far are things travelling? What is the carbon impact? That is, I think, what we need to do. In fact, I'm sure it's what we need to do as an island. We need to take a big step back and a big step up and go strategically as an island that imports packaging in things that we then export for recycling. What is the best thing to do with that material? Is it to send it off for recycling? Is it to compost it? Is it to use it to recover energy?
0: And of course, Minister, there's a cost uh, associated with putting things like tins and and bottles into a bin uh, because ultimately those tins and bottles end up at the incinerator. And uh, as Stephanie quite rightly points out, uh, they don't burn so they end up in in, in the bottom uh, and then there's a cost for disposal of that isn't it yeah there?
1: No, quite right so they have to be taken out and then there's a cost of disposing them if they do accidentally get into the bin and become bottomash um so in 2029 the end of this 25 year period on our energy for waste uh, plant comes to an end and i want to Encourage Stephanie and others to work to sort out what we're going to do after 2029 sooner rather than later and I want, really want to take an evidence-based approach rather than merely a policy-based evidence-making approach to this whole issue of what we should recycle, what we should try to encourage reuse um, and what we should use to recover energy from um, and it might even be that in some cases we, well it's certainly the case that we will have to still have to dispose of certain things but I just want to make sure that Tim Wood and the public beyond Tim Wood come with us as we try to um, present real evidence, put it on the table so we can make decisions based on evidence rather than just uh, ideology or, you know, make evidence to suit the policy that we start from.
0: Because of course it's it's very easy, isn't it, for um uh, the 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 charge of greenwashing to be levelled at some of the policies that uh, have perhaps ha- uh, been um, brought into into being in the past. I yeah. mean, uh, are, are we doing too much greenwashing? Um, what what would specifically you encourage yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, householders to actually do in terms of recycling? Well.
1: this stage we would just encourage them to accept that we need to do the analysis because that's what evidence-based policy making is all about and it wouldn't be for an officer to come to a conclusion before they've done that evidence-based but what i would say is i want to make sure that we we wash out of manx political discourse and public discourse about the this any uh, any aspect of um, feel-good recycling you know it's not about us and and us feeling as if we're doing some good it's actually about how to do things best for our island the other complexity we have in in um here is something you hinted at in your first question to me which is we have so many players ironically there's a perverse incentive for local authorities you know to minimize what they take to the energy for waste plant and that can't be good if it's ending up with suboptimal solutions. We need to be a bit, a bit more scientific in, in our pricing policy and in our planning around that. Also we have private operators and we have public operators so we've got issues around competition in this whole space. I'm certainly aware to now and they have uh, even in the past been complaints to the Office of Fair Trading. It's difficult and what, the most important point as I said is we haven't got to conclusions as yet we're to the stage of doing waste audits and I'm hopeful that the climate change um, budget will be used to enable us to do um, a two season audit. Um, to update the data we have uh, from quite some time ago and uh, that will give us valuable input into the process of working out what it makes sense to recycle and how to recycle. I think also uh, I've heard Stephanie make a really good point about the fact that we do some things really quite well in the island, so reuse, you know, we have some pretty active charity shops, we have some pretty good uh, sheds at the civic community sites, not quite as good as it should be in Douglas at the moment but I know they're building a new premise. And another point to make is that Um, We are a small island with a small number of people in global terms, even in British Islands terms. So when it comes to things like the overall policy on packaging and on plastics, there's not really a lot that we can do. You know, that's going to be determined elsewhere, you know, using, well, derived from EU directives and the overall global policies.
0: Scotland could argue a similar thing in in relation to its size, but it has introduced this uh, sort of deposit on on, on bottles scheme, which is... uh, um, uh, uh, well, unique in, in terms of yeah. the United Kingdom at least. Yeah, and and,
1: and that's, um, you know, that 5 million is a bit different from 84,000 but, um, you know, that's the sort of thing that, that's a conclusion and that's exactly what I'm expecting Stephanie and her colleagues to actually come up with, exactly what we should be doing for each product based on all of the issues that she's uh, um, illuminated for us.
2: I mean, incentivizing public behaviour, whether it's as um, high up the hierarchy in terms of reduction or at end point disposal, um is something that we need to be more consistent at. You know, we need to give the same message. We need to keep reiterating that message. We need to explain to people why we are advising certain types of behavior. As I said, it times it could be counterintuitive on the Isle of Man. Um, and that needs to be done as an all island basis. Um, Scotland is very different. Obviously the DRS scheme is about incentivizing people to take their bottle, get a, a few points on their, their card, and then recycle that bottle. Is the scheme, are the schemes that we're doing on the Isle of Man not working? Is that communication not working? Do we need to have that incentivisation? The only way we'll find out is if we do the waste audit, know we've got the schemes for recycling, and then know they're not working, because that is a massive cost, a massive infrastructure cost, maintenance cost, um, computer cost, all of those associated management costs that go with the DRS scheme. And we can't buy into the um, incentives that the producers of those wastes actually will give in the UK in terms of packaging recovery notes uh, because we're outside that system. Okay, Um,
0: There are things, though, that we can agree on in relation to recycling. So, I mean, the obvious thing, which which I think you've already said, uh, is tins and bottles shouldn't be going into your bin. Um, I think that's, that's one reasonably black and white clear thing isn't it
2: anything that doesn't burn you shouldn't put in energy from waste plant that includes bricks and soil and various things like that i mean the the fw itself is quite unique as are all island energy from waste plants in the uk you would tend to have one um, large incinerator energy from waste plant with multiple streams which is purely for household waste um, on the Isle of Man, our energy from waste plant is the endpoint disposal for everything that can't go to an inert landfill site or a special waste landfill site. Um, we need to have that facility. Uh, we have um, a lot of expert advisors um, looking at what's happening around the rest of the world. Um, are there any alternatives to that? Given the admix of waste that we're putting in there, um, and so certainly, you know, the drivers for endpoint disposal. First point is if it doesn't burn, don't burn it and and there are yeah. things
0: there are things that inevitably are going to end up in the bottom ash uh so I, I i remember being quite surprised to learn that uh, glossy magazines have some sort of clay clay filler uh, in uh, them yes uh, uh, which which inevitably that clay doesn't burn so it will end up in the, in the bottom ash but Things like bottles, tins, and as you say, stones, bricks, yeah. um, th- those sorts of things. I mean, they're pretty obviously not going to burn and uh, they can reasonably be taken out of, uh, of of the waste stream.
2: We have started recycling our bottom ash now. Um it is stored temporarily um, down at the quarry, down in Turkeyland's new quarry. And we started now campaign working. So every four years, um, specialist equipment comes in and goes through and pulls out what is non-ferrous. The ferrous gets pulled out by the overman magnet. And the secondary and tertiary reprocessing of that. Um, there's a decision to be taken. Should we put in particularly a a, wee, a small wee recycling scheme curbside? Um electronics electronic devices are where there is going to be a very large focus going forward we know that rare earth metals and all of the comp, you know types of metal that are actually in uh, circuit boards uh, are going to become more valuable as our demand for wee goods increases and um, we know geopolitically there are issues now in sourcing those particularly the rare earth metals China is a major holder for that, so they're going to become more valuable and therefore potentially the the price paid for actually recovering those might get better. So do we actually put a separate scheme for recycling per household or do we actually recover it from the bottom ash? And that, again, is an evidence-based calculation that we need to do.
0: And how much does it currently cost um, to to dispose of uh, bottom ash?
2: Um, In terms of storing it down the energy from waste, that's a contractual price
0: right okay um mm-hmm. I, I mean I, I recall when I was Minister that figures of half a million pounds were were, were mentioned but it's uh, it's much less than that now, right okay
2: yeah,
1: yeah. But that's an important point that we you know we do spend a large amount of money on our energy from waste plants it's an important part of our of our budget in the DOI, and that's not the, the sort of thing we can't you know discuss today because it's commercial as well, but we need to get to the bottom of this for financial reasons as well as for doing the right thing um uh, it's, it's a good point that Stephanie always I've heard her make a few times which is you know batteries and other waste electrical electronic equipment type stuff we stuff as Stephanie's been calling it that's not ever so heavy necessarily but it's got a value that we need to you know think about helping the public and local authorities do something better with and that's I think where you're trying to go which is we need to have a better system in place rather than one based on weight at the incinerator so that we, te- we encourage people we give people the right message and then we follow it up and it's a consistent message throughout the island such that we we put in curbside facilities or something else so that we can take out batteries and waste electricals. But in summary, being on an island makes everything different because we've got transport in both directions, firstly. And secondly, being outside the UK makes a difference because we're not part of the producer schemes for old cars or for, or for wee, wee goods and the other, other goods. And those, those are all the things I want to explore with Stephanie under her leadership in coming um, months and years with local authorities because we've got to be in an even better place after 2029 than we are in at the moment.
0: Because, I mean, there is, as you say, a a perverse uh, incentive. Um, Well, some some local authorities or some local authority members see see two sides to this coin. On the one hand, um, it makes sense to reduce the amount of waste we send to the incinerator because that means a lower uh, waste disposal cost. Yeah. Um, But then others would argue that if everyone does that the waste disposal charge will increase yeah. because you still need to operate the incinerator and if we all reduce the amount of waste that we send there the yeah. price per ton of the waste that does go will have to increase to cover the costs so uh, so it, it, the, this whole cost driven cycle um, kind of um, well, ends ends up with all all sorts of uh, yeah. unusual and, and perhaps not helpful you, uh, outcomes. And then,
1: you, know, you can see you're trying quite rightly to extend it into the politics of of local authorities and waste collection. The two points I would I would say. Now the majority of. Um, revenue that's taken from rateable values is actually taken for water and sewerage it's not for local authority financing that's fact, that happened about 8 or 9 years ago, I think I spotted it first and pointed it out to people and now we're in this really perverse situation where different local authorities are collecting money for waste in different ways, so we have you know, fixed charges in a lot of local authorities and then we have paid as part of general rates in other local authorities and then we have it just paid per rateable value in others eventually it's going to become very political because anything that gets more expensive becomes more political, and so we do need to sort it out from from that point of view as well. And the, the issue I hinted at previously in terms of competition was um, we've got to make sure that ratepayers' money, because in, in in waste, it is ratepayers' money. It's not like housing where it's it's only government's money and, and and rents' money. In waste for waste management, it is ratepayers' money, and we've got to make sure that. Ratepayers' money isn't being able to, isn't it being used to subsidise commercial activities of local authorities that potentially would be problematic for the given that there are com, 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 commercial competitors out there. Um, um, so it's a very complicated issue, and I'm very delighted that we've stepped back and we've written a report on our waste strategy and look forward to involving local authorities in making progress on this over the next uh, months and years.
0: And and is incentivising people uh, with you know, financially incentivising people to do the right thing. Um, Does this actually really work when you consider that uh, household charges for waste collection and disposal are possibly in the region of £200, maybe slightly more than that a year, um, and people will be reasonably Well, many people will think actually if i have to pay 300 pound to get rid of my waste over the year it's that's hardly hardly the end of the world um so uh, you know trying to incentivize people by saying ah, yes but if you recycle really well you could maybe reduce your cost by 50 quid and uh, that that's not really a strong incentive should we actually be looking more at the promotion because of course that used to be the case uh, we, we, you know we used to have a, a strong educational pr- promotion role um in government hmm. um and that that doesn't happen uh, now uh, to any great extent. I mean, the
2: carrots and the sticks of changing um <clears throat> uh public behavior is, is is a science in itself um you know the the And it's well tried in the UK as well. Many local authorities have tried fines. If you leave the lid of your refuse bin up, you get fined. If you don't put the right things in the right containers, that becomes very adversarial. Um, The drivers for local authorities on mandatory recycling targets set by the UK. Um, Does it work better through um, communication, through education, I think that's where we had to start. And you're right, we did have a very good scheme that was giving out consistent messages. Um, that's, there's no reason why we can't do that again. Um, do we need to go down the, the stick side of things? I would like to hope not. Um, I don't know whether disposal charges per se are an incentive, Um, A lot of the waste charge for local authorities tends to be collection charges as well, which is where potentially there are savings for economies of scale for shared uh, services to be had. That's a discussion for the Minister to have. Um, But, you know, I'd like to think, you know, let's not go down the stick route, let's go down the... um, explaining to people why, giving them the evidence in a way that they can understand, because it's a very complicated science now behind it, um, to make sure that we're making the right decisions and we can take people along with us.
0: Global Recycling Day is the 18th of March... I think we're, what's pretty clear from what we're hearing is we should be encouraging people not to put things that won't burn in their bins so bottles, tins, stones, mm-hmm. etc. Um, but there's still this ongoing piece of work to, to do to better understand whether it's a good idea to recycle plastic and uh, paper and, and, and different things like this. Uh, when are we likely to get some answers to these questions?
1: We will have uh, answers... It, 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 I'd say the year after this one, if we do an audit or two-season analysis, we'll have we'll, we'll have the answers the year after. Then, the, then comes the politics because it's all to do with how we charge rates and how we how we how we um, set up the the market to deal with us. Uh, side our message. The other point I would make is that there won't be one answer once for all time, as our electricity is becomes generated in a different way. I can imagine the answer changing as well if we're looking at sustainability. things might become more plentiful with new discoveries, or they might become even more scarce depending on new uses of materials. So it's not a one-off answer for all time, set down in tablets of stone. It'll always be. But what I think I heard Stephanie say, and I completely agree with her, I think, which is that it's all going to be about promotion and good communication and clear communication. So this is a great first start. Uh, for Global Recycling Day, thanks very much for inviting us for this program. And it would be great to engage local authorities and beyond them to the public, and also all the commercial and charitable people involved in this sector in, an, uh, in a holistic um, look at these uh, questions, so that we can come to answers that are accepted by everybody because of the process has been evidence-based and fair. When those answers have been arrived at, and, and as
0: minister, you have the ability to. Uh effectively create orders and regulations and, and, and everything to, to govern how uh, waste is collected and potentially that would extend to recycling. Yeah. Um, is, is it time, perhaps, be, because effectively if every single local authority in the island was to set up its own educational programme for yeah. recycling, um, there could be an awful lot of confusion, particularly bearing in mind what we've said in this programme about the uncertainty as to what the right thing to do necessarily is. Well,
1: I, I certainly think the regional organisation of civic community sites is a good basis um, from which to start in terms of In terms of the organisation of all of this, you know, it would be great to have an all-island strategy policy implementation plan, which is what we've tried to get. But, you know, there's a big mountain in the middle of the Isle of Man, which means there is a difference between the north and the south and Central Valley's got, got two ends as well. So that's a good basis for it I, I do the the legislation around this is in an act dated 1990 and we i think we need to go back and look at some of the definitions in there which is inside this we've certainly got lots of we've got money that needs to be spent um so for instance this year one of the few items that department of infrastructure got inside the capital program was a secondary incinerator and we've also got work on another major waste and, stream. and to haven't do you already PLC. got one of those you would explain the new second <laughs>
2: uh, the, the original secondary waste incinerator was developed to take animal waste and clinical waste Um that wasn't working very well. Effectively, it was using a lot of oil. So the animal waste processing plant was developed in 2008, which led to an overcapacity secondary waste incinerator, which has had issues about the refractory over a number of years and used quite a bit of oil. So we've now got um, a work in progress for a design a bespoke facility that can take some more special wastes on island as well, which will make us more self-sufficient in terms of how we take things like small labs from schools and so forth. So it's, it's future-proofing the island in terms of clinical waste, Category A waste potential things like bird flu pandemics and whatever um, and it's hopefully you know going to become far less oil intensive than the well it will become far less oil intensive than the previous one
1: and, and you know, there are all sorts of waste streams and we need a strategic needs assessment about how we're going to deal with them that's basically the main message we've been putting across so for instance on tuesday i'll be um, asked about peel silt which is ultimately a waste stream When I went to a very important planning meeting a week or so ago, demolition waste and coal tar from highways is a very important issue that we've got to deal with. So this is incredibly complex and I'm delighted to be here for half an hour to to begin an intensification of the discussion from an evidence-based approach so we end up with the right infrastructure, the right organisation but basically the right policy and plan for waste management. Hopefully we've been provocative enough to, to to continue the discussion and it's going to be very rich, and that's what we both want. Because if you're a scientist, you want all the arguments put on the table and the evidence put on the table at the beginning of the discussion rather than once the policy's been made.
0: Have Minister Chris and his DOI Waste Chief Stephanie Gray helped your understanding of recycling? Is there too much greenwash and not enough evidence-based decision-making? For now, though, I'm Phil Gorn, Gourmet and and Geistia Thanks for listening.